This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If you had access to a car like this, would you take it back right away? Neither would I. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey, money nerds, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and looks like it's about that time. The radio in my 83 El Camino is starting to sound a little bit scratchy. You know what that means. Time for some new wheels. So should I go new or used? To help me make a decision on my ride, today we welcome sales analyst for thetruthaboutcars.com, Timothy Kane. And from USAA, Vice President of Loan Experiences, Renee Horn. And on our Friday FinTech segment, please welcome the CEO and founder of the data-driven healthcare company, Amino, David Vivero. And here he is, the guy who's driving a car with over 200,000 miles, Joe Saul Sihai. and men of the Stacky Benjamins community. Welcome to Friday. Hey, everybody. Doug is absolutely right. I need a new car. So this episode is probably specifically aimed at helping me. Great thing about having a podcast, you get to help yourself by having some experts come on with the area that you're focusing on. Hey, everybody. I am Joe Saul Cihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And I'm super excited because this episode of the Stacky Benjamins show is sponsored by USAA. The USAA family of companies provides insurance, banking, investments, retirement products, and advice to 12 million current and former members of the U.S. military and their families. Known for its legendary commitment to its members, USAA is consistently recognized for outstanding service, employee well-being, and financial strength. USAA memberships open to all who are serving our nation in the U.S. military or who've received a discharge type of honorable and their eligible family members. Want to find out more? Head to USAA.com. Super excited to have this special episode of the Stacky Benjamin Show for you today. And you know what? I'm also excited about our Friday FinTech segment. This idea of Amino, well, if you're somebody that worries at all about healthcare and who doesn't, I think you're going to love that. So action-packed show. Let's get into it, people. All right, let's walk across the basement here and uh, dust off the shortwave, crank this baby up for another Friday. And I think we're going to go first to the coastline of Canada, where I believe from the truthaboutcars.com, their sales analyst, Timothy Kane, joins us. Welcome, Timothy. I am here. We do have internet all the way up in, in Canada. 
it's a wonderful yeah, new it, feature that we've we've been privileged to get. Is that a bunch of people hanging on to like you know satellite dishes along the coast? Is that how you got it up there? Yeah, we 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 put them on top of the igloo, and oh, yeah. uh, so it, it, sometimes it, it does get chilly, but we we make do with enough parkas we can we can get in it. Perfect. Well, tell everybody about the truth about cars because I love your site. It's one of the biggest car sites on the internet. Well, yeah. So I've been I've been writing for Truth About Cars for for probably half a decade now, off and on, more on than off. We've seen people come and go, but uh, some people might say that Truth About Cars is a bit of an irreverent kind of a car website. We we don't really care too much what what other people think. We try and tell the truth. We we do lots of different types of features. A lot of stuff is sort of repeat stuff from one from one day to the next. You'll see a lot of similar type of content, but um, it's not the typical car blog. We certainly like to think so. There are a few of us who are regulars, and uh, yeah, so I, I write for TTAC on a daily basis, but there are a few of us that pop in from time to time, yeah. Well, Timothy, I think we have you perfectly paired because the woman we're about to go to in San Antonio, Texas, she's with a company that tends to do their own thing, chart their own path. And uh, likes to also tell the truth. We have Renee Horn, who is the Vice President of Loan Experiences at USA. Renee, you there? I'm on. Awesome. Well, glad to have you. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I've uh, been with USA for uh, almost five years. Uh, I'm a working mom outside of work, a wife, a daughter. I've got two kids and 40-something. And a, a foodie who loves, uh, I'm sort of obsessed with a dark coffee roast. Boy, you've got some great food there, too. And for a foodie, I think San Antonio, Texas is heaven. It absolutely is. Uh, there's there's a little bit of something here for everyone. So I really enjoy it. Awesome. Well, glad we have both of you on the line. Let's let's take a look at our first piece today. Uh, comes to us from Car and Driver. It goes right to the heart of what we're going to talk about this entire episode, the advantages of buying a new or used vehicle. Let's talk about buying new first. Renee, which one of these points do you think is the one that somebody looking to buy new that is probably the biggest reason to buy a new car overused? Great question. And I've, I've been on both sides of this, right? Trying to make a decision. Do I go with a pre-owned and save a little bit? And or do I go ahead and get a new one? You know, the thing that really pops for me is really two things. Uh, one is financing, of course. The other thing that pops in, it's sort of a, a combination, is, is safety and the fuel efficiency, right? And so in, in some cases, when you in, intend or set out to shop for a, a good condition used, right, to save money for obvious reasons, you may run into a scenario where the year make and model for the new may have significant upgrades, enhancements, uh, more fuel efficient or some additional safety add-ons or enhancements. And so those are, are critical in my mind. And, and certainly from a financing standpoint, I think, again, there's obvious savings when you buy used. But in today's market, when you have very, very aggressive incentives, 0% down and or 0% financing, other cash incentives and discounts, it's certainly worth a really hard look at uh, going with a new one where you have a higher value on the collateral and, and obviously can save and you know, come out uh, about the same in some cases. Yeah. Timothy, do you like those two? Or are there any other points here that you think buying new Trump's used? Right. I think Renee certainly touched on the fact that money's cheap, right? So long as money's cheap, we're going to continue see, to see healthy new car sales because there's great appeal in new cars. I think that the advances that we're seeing in cars that sometimes aren't the most obvious things like safety and technology that you're not necessarily seeing on the outside of the package 
These things are advancing so much more rapidly than they used to that a new car comparison between a 2013 model or 2014 model and something that's that's new this year, this is almost an apples and oranges kind of a comparison because cars are leaping forward so fast. So people are able to jump into a new car because money's cheap, because incentives are higher than they've ever been, even though transaction prices are higher than they've ever been. And they're getting something that's that's just so much more advanced than the car they may have bought newer used five or six years ago. They talk about maintenance here as a reason to buy a new car versus a used car. And I think I definitely agree with that. But back to you for a second, Timothy. Did you find that with all the advancements that you're talking about, that makes maintenance a little more difficult because, you know, taking this uh, some of this technology down to your local dealer is tough to repair? Right. I think, well, the biggest thing that's been lost with new cars is that typically, you know, I know there are exceptions to these things, but typically you're not doing this stuff on your own. That sort of a thing just basically disappeared over the last decade or two. I mean, Car and Driver makes the point about the fact that with some luxury brands, you're seeing maintenance included as part of the package. That's certainly going to be geared towards customers that are buying this car and, and not planning to keep it for very long. One way or another, I think the big difference between somebody who maybe bought a car uh, a decade or two ago compared to buying it now is the fact that you're just not going to do this work yourself. It's highly unlikely. Renee, I want to turn to on here the issue of a warranty. They list the fact that new car warranties, of course, you can get warranties on used cars now, right? But they're much broader and usually attached to every new car. Do you find a warranty is a big selling point for you on new versus used? Well, uh, the manufacturer's warranty that comes off the lot certainly is, but anything beyond that, I'm typically not interested because most of those, when you start getting into additional add-on warranties at point of sale, to me, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, Wait it out, drive your miles, get your 50,000, whatever that checkpoint is before you you go any deeper. But one thing I would say is it's very easy to get short-sighted and and focus on maintenance or warranty. I think it's really important. And one of the things we always emphasize with our members is really focusing on the total cost of ownership. You know, new or used, quite frankly, you've got to look at all of that. Everything from not only the monthly payment, which is where far too much of the conversation goes, I've seen, but you got to look at the gas. What is it going to cost to fuel the vehicle based on your driving patterns weekly? vacations, et cetera, your insurance, and then, of course, maintenance and repairs. So I just think it's important that we double down on looking at the TCO or the total cost of ownership and not look at those things in isolation. And not just the cost of total ownership now, but what it may be in two to three to four years. You know, I I encourage people as frequently as possible not just to pay attention to what you might be paying on fuel right now, but just imagine uh, what would you be paying on fuel if the price doubles. We've seen it happen before. There's no reason to believe it couldn't happen again, as, as unlikely as it seems right now. So what would the total cost look like if you're three years down the road and the economic climate changes? Let's go through to the advantages of buying used then, because they have four down here, price, depreciation, insurance, and choice. Timothy, which of these really speaks to you? Well, I think depreciation is the biggest factor. I mean, why, why not let somebody else take the hit? If you're a person who's interested in a used car, I just bought a used car last week. We've got a newer car and a used car in our driveway. Uh, depreciation was the big factor. I, I like the fact that somebody else already took that hit. And now I'm looking at a car that the biggest part of its depreciation curve has already ended. And so I'm looking at a car that's going to maintain its value fairly well over the next three to four years. Yeah, I was reading recently that uh, the cars depreciate by what, 11% off the off the lot? Is that about the same number you guys have? 
well, if that's an average, perhaps, I mean, there's certainly the, yeah. the bigger concern would be how, how much more rapidly, the most rapidly depreciating oh, cars gotcha. can, yeah. can depreciate at first. Yeah, year. as high as 30%. How much, Renee? I've seen some estimates as high as 30%. Yeah, wow. So for you then, too, I guess you agree that depreciation's the big one? Uh, certainly. And when you start to, you know, look at that and really boil it down to brass tax of a monthly payment, right? And let's just say, let's just do a comparison, for example. The average loan amount for a new vehicle, right, nationwide, is about $30,000. The average loan amount finance for use is about nineteen, so about two-thirds uh, the amount in terms of a balance. So if you just assume for a moment, side-by-side comparison, 60-month term, 2% interest roughly or 1.99% interest as an example, your monthly payment for the new would be $525.70. Your used would be $332.94. Now, if you look at the overall total cost over that 60-month term just for the vehicle in terms of the payment, you're going to pay $1,542 in interest on the new and only $976 of interest on the used for a difference of about $565. So, again, simple example just to show a side-by-side comparison, hey, that's savings, that's money towards uh, savings, an IRA or, or some other investment as an example. Well, and sticking with you, Renee, because uh, you guys have a fine insurance company, what about this idea of insurance rates that they talk about in this piece? In terms of, in terms of the rate? Yeah, in terms of cost of insurance, they talk about how with a used car, you're probably not going to insure it as thoroughly, right? Because you don't have as much invested in it. You also don't have right. a dealer attached in a lot of cases. Where do you fall with this with insurance rates? Well, I think there is some evidence of that. But again, insurance, you know, has many variables that go into it. A lot of it is based on the driver history, the driver habit the collateral itself, newer used obviously could have some variation, but it's going to ultimately come down to the specs on that vehicle, you know, that driver's history. So I don't know if I would totally um, bank bank on that. Got it. Uh, t- Timothy, I was going to ask you about when it comes to insurance for our Canadian listeners, you're, you're the expert just because of where you're located. Does that change anything being Canada versus the U.S.? I think there are certain provinces where automotive insurance differs greatly province to province, just as I would think it does state to state in the U.S. I think the biggest factor, certainly where I live on the East Coast, is that people can get pretty hung up on on insurance costs and hoping that one vehicle might be able to save them a little bit or the other vehicle a little bit. Generally speaking, this isn't the biggest factor about your total, you know, we were talking about total cost of ownership. Insurance isn't going to be a massive factor. Now, maybe it's going to determine a lot if you're comparing a a Chevrolet Camaro with a Chevrolet Cruze. Right. But generally speaking, from one vehicle to another, used versus new might play a factor. But from one vehicle to another, this isn't where you're going to find your significant savings. You might see more uh, significant savings depending on dealer incentives or fuel economy, that sort of thing. Uh, but insurance might not be the, the place where you're going to find the most significant portion of those savings. I think that's a good place to leave our first piece. And let's move on to the second piece, which comes to us from a car dealership in Billings, Montana, Denny Menholt Nissan. And this piece is written by J.L. Morrow. And it's new versus used, six benefits to buying new cars for sale in Billings. And I think we have to start with you, Renee, because the first thing they talk about is you can get a huge savings when you buy new, and it seems to me you just told us that you really get the huge savings when you buy used. 
Yeah, and you can get it in either case, right? It all comes down to what's the final amount to be financed, right? Versus, you know, obviously starting with what your budget is, what can you afford, and and so on and so forth. But again, when there are healthy incentives in the market, discounts, you know, very aggressive of deals, it, it it certainly makes for an attractive opportunity to buy new. But I will remain vigilant around used simply because when I look at our membership, we've got two thirds of our members buy used. And when we look at active duty, over 70% of active duty members with USA are buying used. And, and there's a reason for that. It's instant savings in many cases and given where they are uh, in their phase of life. A new is not necessarily necessary. It's, uh, it's about utility. Well, they talk about, yeah, they talk about in the piece, it says, let's debunk the whole quote, buying new is expensive myth right off the bat. Timothy, do you see buying new is expensive? Well, buying new can be expensive. Buying used can be expensive. I mean, I don't think any of us can be particularly shocked that there's a Nissan dealer anywhere on the planet that thinks you should buy a new car. <laughs> it, it just seems to me that they're, they're in the business of selling a new car. So naturally, they're going to make the case for, for selling you a new car. I think that you know, I mentioned already that average transaction prices are at an all-time high. But like Randy mentioned, average incentives are also at an all-time high. So as much as, yes, Billings Nissan is attempting to get you to buy a new car and they're in the business of selling you a new car, they're not entirely wrong when they say that there are deals to be had. It, it's humorous to me in the piece, the extent to which they <laughs> are promoting the fact they're really going to mark this car down for you. They're just going to keep marking it down and marking it down until they bring you into the dealer, and then they're going to mark it down some more. But they're not entirely wrong about the fact that, especially with Nissans, that they are deal makers, that there are deals to be had. Yeah, yeah and I would jump in there and add on, you know, ultimately it comes down to personal preference and affordability, right? What can you afford in your budget? And some individuals have enough discretionary room. If they really want and choose in their heart to buy new, certainly they can do that. But you know, uh, I think there's plenty of evidence that shows that there's, if you look at SARS annually, use continues to outpace new. Uh, if you look at, again, the depreciation factor, it becomes sort of a, uh, you know, a, a no-brainer in, in terms of why wouldn't you just buy a uh, good condition, excellent condition, a few years old uh, used vehicle. So there's, there's so many great reasons to go with use. It's not to say that new is taboo. And there are some unique cases where it makes sense uh, when you think about the uh, leasing has peaked in the last few years as well, you know, in, in terms of lending share, if you will, or finance share as it relates to vehicles. And, you know, those are beginning to expire. And, and that's offering a, a large pool of pretty good conditioned used vehicles. And that's putting a lot of pressure on new car sales. So, you know, I think it's a buyer's market. Well, and I was going to ask you about this, Renee, which is their third point here. The second was, of course, you can get super low financing. We've beaten that horse. But this third one, you can choose exactly what you want. It seems like when it comes to you cars, used cars, you have a much bigger selection because you're not just choosing from the current models. You can also choose from past models that you might have liked. Absolutely. And it's it's kind of fun, right? I happen to like the experience when I go through it. I don't do it very often, but... I actually find it empowering, and I think about it from the standpoint of our members, uh, the ability to select and search and base it on their lifestyles and scan the inventories and, and just see what's out there, and especially as a direct uh, provider. Uh, there was a time, you know, I remember as a child with my father, uh, we'd sit around Saturday, we'd go through the newspapers and 
publications and whatnot now, it's all in the palm of your hand. And to me, that's that's the fun of it. That's the thrill of it. It's it's exciting. And you can, you know, narrow your specs just as you would build a spec in some cases. So I think there's some some big advantages. Well, I was just going to say on the choice issue, regardless of whether you're looking for a pre-owned vehicle or a new car, choice has never been better. There's never been anything like what we're seeing. There's a lot of cars out there that I'm not a big fan of, but I appreciate the fact that there's just a huge, vast array of choice. I like to say that I, I will not necessarily like what you drive, but I will defend to the death or at least something close to the death, <laughs> your right to drive it. Probably not the death at all, but I will defend your right to drive it. Um, because choice is amazing. And the fact that you can drive something entirely different from what I want to drive and you can be happy in that car, whether you're looking for, for a used car or a new car, I think that's the best part of 2017. Something we haven't talked about is the emotional component. And so we've all heard of buyer's remorse. You tend to see or hear more of that when folks get into the wrong loan situation. Often happens on those shiny new ones where the captives in some cases Folks get into vehicles they really shouldn't and and can't afford for longer terms. And it's obviously not in the best interest of the member of the consumer. But I often see, and one of the things, I was with a coworker yesterday who was excited for lunch outing we had and who happened to have recently purchased a pre-owned vehicle. And there's a thrill and emotional uh, gratification that comes when you know you did your homework and you made a smart used car decision and still got great value. So there's an emotional component there. I think that's worth noting. Well, Timothy, you talked about a point four on this list, which is you'll get better fuel economy and advanced features and that technology has moved so quickly. But I wanted to ask you what we asked Renee earlier about point five on this list, which is you'll enjoy a full factory warranty with the new car. How important is that warranty to you when looking at new versus used? For me, there's no denying that in this, especially when it comes to new vehicles where the expense is massive, it's basically the second most expensive thing you're going to buy, right? So you want to protect that purchase. Obviously, if you're going to spend a lot of money on a new car, you expect to be more protected than you would on a used car. And like Renee had mentioned as well, any secondary warranty, whether it's on a new car or not, those don't necessarily represent the best values. Warranties are typically, not necessarily across the board, but typically better than anything we've seen before. So customers are certainly more protected than they've been in the past. And it's clearly a draw. This is this is why we're seeing big advertising, for instance, with a Nissan Titan warranty, you know, because they, they need to do something to stand out. So a Nissan Titan is offered with a superior warranty than, than its rivals. Buyers are going to be drawn to that fact that there's greater protection for their investment. I thought uh, the last point on here, Renee, was kind of funny. Number six, you can rest assured the quality is excellent. Shocker <laughs> that the people at Nissan are telling us that their quality is unbelievable. Well, I've seen new vehicles that are beautiful, but they have recalls. Right, so right. it's not always the case. Yeah. It's been known to happen. Right. Uh, spoiler alert, it might happen, right? I think that uh, this piece right here is also a little bit of, and Timothy alluded to this earlier, a little bit of beware where you get your information from. And I agree, Timothy, that the shock of shocks that Nissan thinks it's great to buy a brand new Nissan. We're super excited. This episode is sponsored by USAA. We've been talking about cars. Check out these numbers. USA has expanded its used car inventory by 19% since the beginning of the year. Their goal is to get to 22% used car inventory by the end of 2017. You might not have even known that you could use vehicle buying service through USAA, but if you do... 
you'll save up to 1% off your interest rate. Those are a couple of the quirks you won't find when you buy a used car using another service. And we spoke with Matt Brune, Vice President of Direct Channels and Operations for USAA Bank, about what makes working with USAA different than financing a loan through some other company. It starts with the fact that at USA, we're not here for the loan. We're here for the member. So we're going to make sure that the military community is taken care of and that our processes are designed to help members. We're not here to sell a car. We're here to help members. So we have great mobile experiences. And if need be, a member can call us and get everything taken care of on the phone. I love the commitment to membership service, don't you? Not only that, every month more than $1 million is left on the table by members who don't use USAA's car buying service. And USAA offers auto loans on used vehicles up to eight years old. And they also offer auto loans in smaller amounts as low as $2,500. Looking for membership with USAA so you can save on your next car? Head to USAA.com to verify your eligibility and to become a member. That's USAA.com. so excited about today's Friday FinTech segment. When I first heard about Amino and David Vivero, here's what I like. So many people are struggling with healthcare and I've always thought, and this is, this is uh, bordering on political, but I think that you'll all agree with me. We're spending a lot of time in our nation's capital worried about insurance and yet nobody is talking about another issue, which is just the state of the healthcare in general. When you've got a procedure where the cost difference between one provider and another is just, you can't tell what it is. It's all behind a curtain. Let's say that you could compare the cost. You could also compare doctors and there was an easy place to do it. And that's what Amino does. And that's why I was really excited. So really happy coming down to the basement, David Vivero from Amino. And David Vivero from Amino joins us. Welcome, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I was fascinated when I first heard about Amino. Well, what was it about healthcare that made you decide that this was something that you had to get into? Well, you know, we all have healthcare issues. It wasn't something that I think I alone uh, had. My, my story was that I had a, a pre-existing condition in 2013, and I was just leaving my previous company, Zillow, which was built off of, you know, transparency, empowering people with information to make confident decisions directly about their their homes. I was leaving that company and I had an issue really trying to find insurance, find a new doctor and so forth. And so on the one hand, I experienced something that everyone experiences, which is that the healthcare experience is opaque and frustrating and uh, difficult to navigate. I just happened to have just come off of an experience though where I kind of had a, an idea of how we could do something different. Um, and so that's why I started Mino. So what happens when people use Amino? Walk me through it. Do I go in and I say, well, I need a knee replacement and I start looking at what that costs? Kind of. I think, you know, it all depends on what you're searching for. We support a thousand different search terms on Amino. It's at Amino.com. It's a free resource for all of us. Our goal, our mission really is to uh, help everyone make confident decisions about their health care and connect to the best possible care. So in some cases, it might be about trying to get that $400 MRI instead of accidentally walking into the $1,500 MRI. Or it could be about finding a doctor who has a low C-section rate because that matters to you. Or it could be something as simple as trying to find a good local primary care physician and booking online without having to get on the phone. You can do all those things with Amino, but the overall feeling is that healthcare should work like every other consumer experience 
with transparency and convenience and a trusted partner. How do I find the best doctor? What's the criteria there? Is it based on other people that use amino? Is it based on ratings from peers? I mean, how do I know that the doctor I'm getting is, is the best? Well, what we do differently is we are completely unbiased. So there's no advertising on Amino. We do not allow doctors and hospitals to bid up to be the top result, which is something you should look out for on the internet. Instead, what we do is we use data. So when we started Amino, we spent the first two years amassing an enormous database of insurance claims. And now our database is over 9 billion health insurance claims. It covers a little over 225 million anonymous Americans. And what it does, is it allows us to see which doctors perform, say, the most surgeries for that particular ailment you have, which doctors have maybe some of the best or worst outcomes as it relates to, for example, a, a repeat knee revision or a knee replacement, which is the example where you do need to get that knee replacement. And if unfortunately you have to get it done again, because the first time was botched, we can actually capture a lot of that using our data. And then the last thing, because we're working with insurance claims, is that we do give you a sense for cost. And so really, really importantly, whether you're looking for that ultrasound or that CT scan or whether you need to get the ACL surgery based off of that MRI or what have you, we can give you out-of-pocket cost estimates for over 130 insurance plans in the U.S. nationally. And so the goal is just to be a consumer's partner, not be an advertising tool for doctors and not have the... I don't know, gosh, the level of opaqueness, if you will, about what things should cost or do cost, put it right there in front of you. And, and that's what we do. So how do I use a site? Walk people through this. It's kind of hard to do on an, on an audio podcast, but if you can walk me through the site, what happens when I go to amino.com? It's really simple. Um, it's like any other consumer experience. That's really what we have aimed to do. We have a search box like Google itself, um, and you just type in pregnancy or liver cancer or diabetes or primary care or what have you. It supports everything from a specialty to a condition that you might have to a specific surgery or, or diagnostic like a x-ray or something like that that you might need. And then we just ask you a couple more questions, things like your age, your sex, where you live. Um, you can just tap one box and it knows where you are because you know majority of people who use Amino just use it on their mobile browser. They'll open up their Safari on their iPhone or something like that, uh, pull up Amino. And then we just ask you what your insurance plan is. And so if you're, say, United Healthcare or your Aetna or Cigna or what have you, what you can do is select from our list. And that allows us to make sure that when you book, you're also booking with someone who accepts your insurance. And then the last thing that we do is we'll produce a list of doctors and hospitals and imaging centers and so forth. Every single doctor or imaging center that we provide, you can book online from your phone. And that is really just a magical experience for a lot of people. And one of the reasons people love using Amino is because you can really close the loop and feel like you actually ended up getting care more easily, not just bombarded with more information. Um, and so it really is a, a you can think of it as like a, a most like a marketplace experience for healthcare, but one that's built on transparency. And it's just start to finish. You do start with a search box telling us what ails you and then you finish using the product by actually booking an appointment for care. In the time that you've been talking, I went through it. I, so, 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 so as you were talking, that's why I apologize me typing over here while you're talking. I wasn't being rude. Uh, well, I kind of was. I was listening, but I went through the whole thing. And you're right. The, the boxes were really easy. I put in asthma. I then put in my age or I put in my sex, put in my age, put in where I'm at. Exactly what you said. I put in my insurance 
and it came up with uh, 15 doctors and actually 16 doctors. And a friend of mine, Dr. Richter in here says she's an allergist. I'm giving her some props here. Uh, <laughs> she's in the top, I, I guess a little purple thing that says she's in the top 5%. That means she's in the top 5% of providers. That's correct. Yeah. So she's been compared among her peers in that specialty for her experience with asthma, right? So you can imagine there's a lot of allergists out there that might focus on things like child food allergies or might have a real specialty in things like asthma or other you know, related topics. And so what we do is we look at how doctors and hospitals actually behave. The information that you kind of always wish you had and you're asking around, hey, who did your knee? Or, you know, hey, who delivered your baby? Or what hospital did you go to for that surgery? We're actually able to learn from 225 million other people, but with only a few clicks of, of mouse or, or use a few taps of your thumb. Yeah, I can sort by doctor's gender if I'm more comfortable with a man or a woman. Uh, yeah, certain surgeries and procedures and relationships with your physician that matters. And so, you know, we've got things like the safety of particular hospitals as well. You've got a bunch of things that you can filter by. But what really is just crazy about healthcare is that these are some of the most important decisions we make in our lives. And yet this is the one market where we probably have the least information about quality, about cost, about whether you can or can't get access to that physician. All that stuff, we believe it's, it's, it's almost criminal that we don't have access to this information. And so, you know, Amino is all about giving you that at your fingertips. And it says right on the site exactly what you said earlier, which is uh, that there's no ads, no feature results, and there's a click through to your ethics, which you talked about, that right. y you really got to watch out for that. If there's no ads, though, how do you guys make money if this is free? It's actually really simple. When you have the healthcare market, you either have the providers, the hospitals, the imaging centers who get paid for the most part every time they do a, a service, right? So they're willing to pay money, if you will, to get that new patient. We just don't think that that's right for patients. And so that's why we don't take advertising from doctors or from drug companies and things like that, which is really the norm on the internet. Just watch something to watch out for as a consumer. Instead, what we do is what we sell is a premium account called Amino Plus. And what Amino Plus does is it actually keeps you in network. It tries to make sure that you can avoid surprise bills. It gives you access to a lot of your benefits information and your plan documents. And guess who pays for that? Uh, employers and insurance companies. What uh, they really want to make sure that you do is not go out of network and try to make sure that you don't get that surprise bill. And we thought that that was a business model that was really much more aligned with each of us, especially as our deductibles have gone up past 1500 2000 and so forth. We are really spending both the combination of our money and to some extent the insurance company's money, even though we're paying for it with our premiums. We want to make sure that consumers are now in control to spend less and spend more smartly and that should, in the long run, drive their premiums down, kind of like driving safely allows you to keep your car insurance premium down. So what you're saying, let me make sure I have this right, that the businesses that you work with pay for this and mm -hmm. insurance companies pay for it because they don't want me out doing something stupid, going out of network when there's a perfectly good person in network. And it drive, they pay you a little money to save themselves tons of money. Yeah. And it's really about saving you and your employer. Right, a lot right. of people work at companies like if you work at a really large company like, say, Walmart or Lowe's or any of these big, large retail companies, just for example, or AT&T or Comcast, you name it. If you work for one of those companies, really, that company is paying for your health insurance. And so the more that their employees can not get you know, that unnecessary, unsafe surgery from an out of network doctor, 
or get accidentally addicted to opioids because they went to the wrong doctor that overprescribed. It really is an alignment of interests in our view. And so for us, we wanted to make sure that whatever we did as a business model enhanced the overall savings that each of our users can find on Amino, Not didn't fight against that, which is really what the internet does with all of its advertising for more drugs, more services, more surgeries, you name it. Let's be realistic here, though, David. How many people tell you that when they first go to Amino, they're just creeping on their doctor to see if they're in the top 5%? <laughs> well, so I will say that, you know, if you've made a choice in the past and you see that our giant machine comes up with, you know, a doctor that you feel validated with, people just walk around with chuckles on their face. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about that, though, is that if you think about the algorithm we use, it's really tremendously powerful because we're looking at the way that the health system works today. How many people are referred for these procedures. Think of like all of the the real activities of the doctor's office being something that kind of gives us some indication of whether a doctor is well regarded or whether a doctor is often referred or if that doctor has good outcomes. And so our goal is to absolutely, if you made a smart decision to validate you, and if you haven't made a decision yet, save you weeks or possibly in some cases months of time agonizing over whether you made the right choice. The site is amino.com, and there's an app I can get on my phone? Uh, It's purely for the web. There's no app that you don't need to sign into anything. It is as easy as typing in amino.com. Yeah, yeah, it was super. I can't can't believe how easy it was that I was able to get all this information at my fingertips. David, thanks for for hanging out with us. We'll have a link to amino on the show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Thanks a ton. Of course. Thanks for having me. And for more on Amino, we'll have a link in our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Isn't that cool? I think we get rid of a lot of issues if uh, healthcare becomes more transparent. All right, let's get back to our awesome discussion about used versus new cars with Renee from USAA and Timothy from thetruthaboutcars.com. Let's move on to our final piece, and this is a lot of fun. At Bankrate, they wrote a piece called Auto Loan Horror Stories. These are some horror stories. And these, these of course, have come from uh, actually a long, long time ago. Some of these have been looking at the date that this was written. But I want to read you some of these. And I'm not that concerned about these particular horror stories. But how do we avoid, if we're going to finance an auto at all, how do we avoid some of these absolutely horrible stories? So how about this one? I purchased a van for $19,000, no big deal. The payment stretched over five years for 420 months at 11.1% starting on the 31st of the next month. I'm only 21. My credit isn't great, but what can you do? Anyway, they gave me the car. I signed the paperwork. My mom co-signed and I drove it home. So I drove it home. It was mine. All paperwork was complete. Let's actually stop there before we get to the rest of this. Renee, have any problems with this story so far? You know... When I read this, it, it just saddened me because you got to start with a reputable lender. So there's recourse, and uh, it's it's unfortunate, but you still have, I think, you know, unfortunately, some predatory behaviors out there in pockets, and uh, it's, it's just so important for buyers to really understand who they're getting involved with and certainly understand those terms and, and contract conditions. So which part so far don't you like? Because I haven't mentioned yet what what happened to this poor guy. He ended up getting turned down for the loan, by the way. But is it the 11.1% on a 21-year-old that's uh, bothersome? Certainly that got my attention. And then just the number of months. Oh, yeah. The fact that it's a five-year loan? 
Well, yeah, at that rate, that just seems high. Yeah. Yeah. Timothy, how about you? Well, I think the phrase, what can you do, is uh, telling, <laughs> right? Like, I feel bad for people who get in this situation, no doubt. This is awful. And, and Renee talked about predatory lending. I think it's a sign a little bit that emotions are undeniably a big part of a vehicle purchase. And they're always going to be. This is not, you're not buying a toaster. You're not buying a microwave. You are buying a car and their emotional devices. And so it's difficult not to get caught up in that and when you associate the emotions with the requirements that you have, you know, you need to get to work back and forth, get kids to school. There's a lot of components at play, but at the very least, if buyers can do their best to at least at the final moments to try and rid themselves of the emotion of the moment and to, to get down to business, uh, that would be my biggest advice. I was just going to say the one thing I teased out of that as well, the individual totally presented him or herself as being at the mercy of that loan provider. And, and, and this is why I think it's so important. If, if you know your situation up front, know what you can afford, get pre-approved. Get pre-approved with a reputable lender and, and you know your, your limits. And so you're not at the mercy of someone that, and obviously this case, he, was take, he or she was taking advantage if it's Renee, if it's 11.1%, how does a 21-year-old with ostensibly very little credit get that interest rate lower? Well, if they can save money, save up enough cash, they can make a down payment, right? And maybe go with a, a lower term. The other thing is sometimes wait and knock off some of the other debt that may be on their credit report. I would say get a copy of their credit report, manage that over a 30, 60, 90-day period, six-month period, 12-month interval, Pay attention to what's on there. Keep those balances down. Make those payments on time to totally help themselves because that alone can improve credit scores, which is a not the only factor, but it is a key factor in, in credit decisioning. So sometimes just if you know you're in a bit of a bind, take proactive steps to clean up some of the credit, improve your debt position, which would put this individual in a, a better position with better leverage. What, what do you think, Timothy, about parents co-signing on loans? Well, regardless of whether there's parents co-signing on the loan or not, I think what makes me uncomfortable is the person can't afford the vehicle. That's not necessarily simply because the loan needs co-signing, but a $19,000 van with an 11% interest rate that needs to be paid over five years suggests to me that there's just no affordability here. Yeah. So when it comes to a parent co-signing a loan, I guess I, I go back to the, the same equation as if the parent's not co-signing loan, you need to be able to afford the vehicle. And in this particular case, I just don't think there's an argument to be made that it was affordable. It's the rest of this story, uh, which wasn't relevant to anything that we need to talk about. But three days later, the bank I was supposed to send payments to says my loan was turned down. I guess I was excited considering I'd already given the car. I'd already been given the car and now didn't have any bank to make the payments to. I left for school, assuming there was a mix up, drove from Pennsylvania to school in Stanford, California. By the way, as an aside, why are they driving the car if their loan was turned down and they, I don't know. The van broke down in Arizona, cost me a hundred dollar deductible warranty. It took 14 days to fix. About three weeks after the purchase, got a letter saying the new payment was $489 and it was 17% interest. So it says this must be against the law or something. Do you know, Renee, by the way, if the interest rate changes after you've signed the paperwork, is that against the law? Sounds like it is to me, unless he didn't read the paperwork. Yeah. There was escalation. But again, that's why it's important to read and do your homework first. Get pre-approved with a 
reputable lender. Are there things, Renee, that you've seen uh, car dealers do when it comes to loans that people should watch out for? Probably the number one thing that we counsel and advise our membership often uh, regarding this, and that is it's very easy to not pay attention to the interest rate when someone is presenting to you a monthly payment amount that seems attractive. The number one challenge I see is sometimes dealers will say, well, what's your monthly payment? What can you, what do you want that to be? And they will design a loan package around your monthly payment. In many cases, stretching out the loan term, 72, 84 months plus. And obviously in most cases, those are at higher interest rates. And so the overall cost of the loan goes up while the payment goes down. And again, in those situations, oftentimes individuals are already maxed out stretched out to their limit. And to me, those are always red flags. Avoid getting into a monthly payment schedule. Start with what can you afford up front and stick with those numbers. A car dealer can always make it possible for you to afford a new car. There's always a way in which they can make it affordable for you to hit your monthly payment. But whether that's affordable for you in in real life and in the long term is a whole nother kettle of fish. I mean, on Stacking Benjamins, this isn't financial literacy is maybe not going to be a a massive issue for your listeners, Joe, but it's clearly an issue when it comes to younger people who just aren't examining these things in part because they just simply don't understand it. So when they hear a number that hits their target, they're hearing affordability, but perhaps it's not realistic long-term affordability. And if you're getting an add-on, sort of a hidden fee, if you will, for the pinstripes and the spoiler, that adds really no functionality to the vehicle, although it might look sporty, and that gets rolled into the note. Again, those are those are things uh, that can trap folks, and uh, that's something I see often. What about on, what about, I, I want to end on this note, what about on, on used car financing? Any uh, traps that you guys see there? Uh, Timothy, how about you? Let's go first. I guess my difficulty with, with used car financing, and I mean, Renee can speak to this far more adequately than I can, but on used car financing, obviously the concern with new vehicles being available with such uh, dramatic incentives is that people can't get caught up in the, the age-old belief that used cars are inevitably and automatically cheaper. When you start looking at financing used cars that are maybe one, two, three years old, uh, vehicles that perhaps... Uh, didn't depreciate that much, a quality used vehicle, the assumption that this vehicle is going to be automatically more affordable is is a maybe not a dangerous assumption, but not a necessarily an accurate one. Yeah, Renee, used car financing right in your wheelhouse. Where were the traps? Uh, I think um, telltale sign is, particularly when you start to see older used vehicles, that can be difficult because oftentimes, you know, older vehicles are going to require more repairs. And in some cases, repairs can outpace the car note. That's a trap, you know, we often advise individuals to avoid besides, you know, uh, being upside down. And the other thing is uh, always, always negotiate a warranty on a used vehicle if certainly if the manufacturer's warranty is nearing expiration. But you always want to make sure you drive off that lot if you, you have a decent three-year-old vehicle, for example, four-year-old vehicle with decent miles. You know, you don't always know the the prior driver's history. You you have what you have on the record, but you don't know everything about the vehicle. And I think it's it's critical to shore that up with uh, some, we'll call it pre-certified or 
whatever those diagnostic checks are, uh, make sure you have some some coverage in hand to protect yourself. That was, and, and it's funny, I do have a follow-up and we're definitely running out of time, but Timothy, these uh, Carfax, these car reports, if you're dealing with a used car, how important is it to have that, to purchase that? I think you need to have as much information as possible. This is a massive purchase, even if it's a something of a, a bit of an older used car, that only heightens the fact that you want more information about the car. If you're spending this kind of money, information is vital. I just bought a new house. I didn't just walk up to the door, knock on the door and, and buy the house. I wanted to know everything about it. Uh, I wanted a property disclosure, disclosure statement. I wanted to see receipts for the repairs that they'd done in the recent past. I want information. A new car does, or a used car doesn't cost as much as a new house, perhaps. Um, but you need you you need as much information as you can possibly attain. I think that's a great place for us to leave it. Fantastic discussion, and we'll have links to all of the pieces that we talked about in our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Timothy, thanks a lot for helping us out today, man. That was fantastic. Tell us what's going on right now at thetruthaboutcars.com. At thetruthaboutcars.com, I reviewed a Kia Optima Hybrid today, so you can check that out uh, at any at your leisure. Uh, we review as many cars a week as possible. That's probably a small part of what we do, really. I mean, you'll find uh, new car news. Uh, you'll certainly find an awful lot of opinion, and you'll find lots of fun stuff, too. I, I write as well for a couple other websites. I write for autofocus.ca in Canada. I ran a website for a decade called goodcarbadcar.net and we tracked auto sales. I sold that website last month, so I'm not really involved there anymore, but ah. I get obsessed with with auto sales statistics. So you'll see a lot of that sort of stuff on, on the truth about cars as well. Well, it's funny that for me, the comments are almost as fun as the site itself, just the discussions that people have. I love that uh, you even, you know, with James Bond and all of the cars around James Bond that when Roger Moore died recently, that you even did a story about uh, James Bond and cars. Yeah, so I think, I don't know if uh, there's a guy named Steph Willems or Matt Posky who wrote that story up, but uh, we, we run a Slack chat for the contributors that's ongoing every day. So any sad news like that is, you know, we're, we're not just looking for an automotive angle, but we're just talking. A bunch of guys are together having a chat. And so stories stories develop out of that pretty quickly. Well, and give us some exciting news because you guys at USAA, Renee, you've always got some exciting new stuff that you're cooking up. What's going on at USAA? Oh, absolutely. So we've been serving our membership for nearly 95 years, you know, just like in 1922 when we started. We are focused on uh, automobile experience. In this case, our car buying service, you know, in the palm of your hand is, is where we've been uh, putting a lot of emphasis. Um, you can find uh, that via mobile or online and uh, get the total cost of ownership. You can, you know, search uh, vehicles based on persona, lifestyle, et cetera. And and really get everything you need sort of in a, a one-stop point, whether it be loan-based, insurance-based, comparisons, et cetera. We've got uh, great rebates and incentives right now. And uh, you, again, you can find that all uh, through USAA. Awesome. And I will link to both of your sites on our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Guys, once again, thanks for playing. Thanks for having us. Oh, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. We've got a discussion about the game that we're playing here on Fridays. Hang on for that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about what's coming next week on the Stacky Benjamin Show. But first, got to say just a big thanks to everybody who's used our Amazon.com link. You know who you are. It's really easy to use. I found out I was talking about this all last week and the link was broken. And I thought we fixed it. And guess what? Now we have fixed it. So thank you to everybody who wrote to me to tell me the link was broken. 
we're very thankful that people support the show by either going to our sponsors links or by just a few more keystrokes, putting in stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Amazon. That won't even take you to Stacking Benjamins. It'll take you right to amazon.com and you'll get the same Amazon deals you'll get anyway. But Amazon sends us a little thank you for sending you their way. So stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Amazon. On Fridays, we play a game here. What game, you ask? Well, OG's not here, so I entertain myself by having this game. And what you do is you look at either the words in the description of the show, you look at the title of the show, or maybe something in the first couple sentences that I say when we start the show, and maybe something seems a little out of place. And look in that same spot every single week. We started the second week of this eight weeks. This is week number five of this current game. Put those five clues together. And at this point, I'm surprised nobody got it last week. Last week, I thought with people that had guessed incorrectly the week before, I thought last week's clue would help them get it. I think this week is probably the linchpin. We will see, though. When you guess, if you're within 24 hours, the first person that guesses your name goes in a hat. We'll put together a prize package specifically for you. And I love the surprise packages. John got his recently, and I was excited about the stuff that we were able to send him. He was our last winner. All right, what's coming up on the show next week? Man, I got to tell you, we've got such exciting, fun stuff on the show. We're going to kick it off on Monday talking about money dates with our friend Al Martinez from the Couple Money Podcast. Elle is an amazing host of the Couple Money Podcast, and she is going to help us talk about, you know, significant other, friend, somebody of a relationship with, money coach, just having this idea of a money date. What does it look like? If you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know I love those, and Elle loves those, and we're going to chat about that on Monday. On Wednesday, our new friend, Lynette Kalfani-Cox, comes down to the basement. She's the money coach. She had $100,000 in, get this, in just credit card debt, and she was able to pay that stuff down. We're going to talk about how she got into so much debt, talk about how she paid it down, mistakes she made along the way, and how she coaches people to pay it down even faster. So Monday's communication day, Wednesday's debt repayment day. Of course, we have the headlines. We got letters, so I'm sure we're going to talk about investing. We'll talk about protecting yourself. We'll talk about the wide range of topics we talk about every time down here on the show. And then next Friday on our roundtable, another brand new friend, Vashana Lovelace. She is uh, somebody who chats with us in our green room, our close Facebook group, stackybedjamins.com forward slash green room. If you want to hang out with us, we have about 700 of us there chatting away and uh, really, fun, really fun. I have a good time there. Uh, different than a lot of finance forums that I'm in. Ours, of course, because it's the Stacking Benjamin Show, it's lighter. We post a lot of uh, stuff that's goofiness that I don't think has a lot to do with money, but that's fine. Uh, we just don't talk about uh, politics and we keep it nice and light, uh, just like this show. But anyway, Vishana joins Greg and Paula on the roundtable next Friday, and I think it's going to be fun. It just sounds like a, like a great time. And in the Friday FinTech segment, we're talking about TransferWise. If you're moving money between countries, TransferWise is a cool place that does that. And so we're going to talk about that. We've, we haven't talked about that area of fintech before, so I'm excited to dig in with uh, the CEO of TransferWise. And then, man, we've got one week after that before our eight-week break. And for those of you new to the show, we podcast for eight weeks, and then we take a week off. We bring in, uh, well, we don't actually take a week off. I should backtrack on that. 
Uh, OG and I aren't here, but we play best of episodes. Our intern, Griffin, who we call the Fintern, Griffin comes down here and he plays three favorites from the past nearly 500 episodes of Stacky Benjamins and another uh, 70 episodes. Well, a little more than 70 episodes of our shows that came before that. 80 episodes, actually. All right. That's going to do it for today. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Go stack some Benjamins. We'll see you later. Special thanks to David Vivero from Amino. You can find out more on their data-driven approach to healthcare by visiting amino.com. Special thanks to Timothy Kane from thetruthaboutcars.com. To read the latest auto news, reviews, editorials, and podcasts, head to thetruthaboutcars.com. Special thanks to Renee Horn from USAA, and thanks to USAA for sponsoring today's special podcast. To find out more information about how you can save on car insurance, among other things, go to usaa.com. As always, you can find all the links we've mentioned on our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. What's wrong with you? Uh, It's either this show or indigestion. I hope it's indigestion. Why? It'll get better in a little while. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.